Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Mitch Webb is a former corporate sales executive turned integrative health coach. Mitch discovered his love for health after battling traumatic brain injuries, Lyme disease, diabetes, a hormone imbalance, and even a black mold infection from a home he had moved into. Wow. Naturally, this overwhelming list of physical challenges began to take a psychological toll. Mitch began to battle insomnia, extreme stress, and panic attacks. Only after visiting with an integrative medicine specialist did Mitch begin to put the pieces together and discovered that he was dealing with unresolved trauma that spiraled into a perpetual and vicious cycle of poor lifestyle choices and harmful habits. Now, after healing his body and rejuvenating his mind, Mitch has made it his mission to help others both unmask their trauma and find healing, both emotionally and physically. Mitch specializes in helping individuals that have busy careers, who are increasingly concerned about their health, sleep-deprived, overweight, overly stressed, and lack the energy to get out of bed in the morning. You can find him at his website at www.mitchwebb.com. Mitch, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. Casey, thanks for having me, man. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. It was fun to chat with you offline a little bit about your um, skiing adventures here out west. Um, the most legit skiers that end up in the west start where you are. Like, if you can ski mm. New Hampshire on an ice sheet, like, you can come and kind of hang out in the west where it's just like soft, fluffy powder. You know what uh, I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. That, that takes me back to uh, the trip that I was describing on the way on the uh, before we got on the call. And uh, going down my first powder right like first powder run and just like rooster tailing you know a little six feet rooster tail behind my butt it's like lean back lean back and man once you get a taste of that it, it's hard to ski on the uh, east coast again <laughs> it's pretty yeah it's pretty magical we're pretty spoiled around here when i hear like comments from people saying like yeah it really only snowed like five inches overnight i probably won't go up today you know what i mean it's pretty spoiled <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure man yeah uh, well, we were talking about a recent trip that you took to Colorado to go ski. You've been here several times last year. So a normal ski year, like a good ski year here in the Salt Lake Valley is like 500 inches up at some of the resorts like Alta, Snowbird. If they get 500 a year, that's that's pretty good. Um, the last few years, we've had like 350, 400, like not great. Last year, it started bombing snow and it did not stop until the ski resorts got over 900 inches. It was mega, dude. It was so much wow. snow. So much wow. snow. Wow. Is that, is that fresh powder like every day, basically? It's a lot of dumps. I mean, I shoveled mm -hmm. more than a foot off of my house and I'm just in the valley. I'm at 4,500 feet, like not even that high. Yeah. I shoveled yeah. over a foot of snow several times last year. So whatever the nature of the storms came in last year was like, yeah, it's insane. I've got a buddy who lives up at Brighton Resort and the snow literally crushed his car and he had to get a new car this summer. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I remember that, that trip I was telling you about where we got like six feet. That That's what I remember is like digging in and out of the house every day and night. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Shoveling snow. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And before we get people too yeah. excited about Utah and the Salt Lake Valley, remember, <clears throat> go visit Colorado. It's much better over there. Nothing to see here. It's already busy enough in Salt Lake. And as always, <laughs> always try to send people somewhere else and, and not check out Utah. It is a bit of a gem. There you go. There you go. And you're in North Carolina, which is also a gem. I've spent a little bit of time there, and it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, I love it. I'm right here in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's kind of cool because we're you know two hours from the beach and three hours, uh, three four hours from the mountains. I actually went to school at the beach. Love the beach, and uh, love love having both. You know what I mean? Yeah. They talk about that blue Carolina sky, and that is no joke. And neither is the humidity yeah. in the summer. It is very very. Oh, dude, <laughs> it, it it does not. Uh, 
It does not play. Oh man, does not play. That's a good way to say it. Well, dude, you've got yeah. such an interesting story. We talked a little bit about it in the introduction and um, you've come <clears throat> away with a lot of learning that you're now sharing with people, which I would love to talk to you about. But let's kind of get some background on you and how you you know, first started this journey into health. Yeah, I mean, I got sick. Um, I had a, a couple of different situations that that led to a, a bigger situation and it it kind of snowballed for, for years, you know, and I, and I would say I'm still recovering from it. Right. But, uh, like you mentioned, uh, in, in the, uh, the intro this year has been a major turning year because I found trauma work and, and, uh, and healing the nervous system specifically from, uh, Irene Lyon, her 21 day nervous system reset, her smart body, smart mind program that I'm in now changed my life. And before that, you know, I was just searching, searching for answers. Um, looking high and low, um, doing everything that I could to improve my health. When, you know, looking back now, it's, I had a, a limited belief that I was broken, that I needed to be, I needed to find a, an answer to fix myself. And the more I went down that rabbit hole of healing the trauma, the more I realized I was never broken. There was some things that happened in childhood trauma. And um, when I got clear on that and started to to work on that, my health, all the all the uh, odd symptoms and things that diagnoses you could have gave me over the year, everything started getting better um, when I started prioritizing my, my mental health. Yeah, very interesting. Let's talk about the physical side first before we talk about some of that childhood and emotional drama. Um, but but yeah, tell us, when did the traumatic brain injury start? Yeah, I was like, I was 20 years old. I was in, uh, in, Ger in Germany. I was uh, there for study abroad at the World Cup. Thought of a second story window, hit my head while I was partying. Um, you know, didn't go to the hospital, started having panic attacks, insomnia right after that. And about six months after I got home, uh, I broke out in an autoimmune disease, which is very, very common when it comes to trauma. So yeah, I hit my head, had the autoimmune, um, you know, they, they kind of sent me on my way. They gave me some, some stuff for the autoimmune. They gave me some anxiety medication. You know, I was thankful for that at the time because I was able to sleep. I didn't know uh, how insidious it was and, and habit forming could be. And there was a period where I had to wean off of that eventually. But, um, you know, out of school, so I made it through school with the anxiety and the insomnia, you know, I was managing with the pills. And um, and then I, I went into the corporate world. I worked for my family business. I worked there for seven years in sales, worked with a lot of big uh, corporate accounts. And, uh, you know, with with the corporate lifestyle, as I'm sure if there's a listener that is working in corporate knows, I mean, it's stressful as hell. So um, there was more medication, there was more sleepless nights. And um, on top of that, I moved into a house that had black mold in it. I, I, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, rented this house, um, beautiful home, didn't didn't think anything about it. About three months into living there, I couldn't I would get lost driving to work. I would, uh, my joints hurt so bad. You know, I was exercising again at that point after, um, not work. I mean, I was an athlete growing up. I didn't work out so much in college. I was more doing those, uh, 12 ounce curls, but, um, yeah, I started working out again and it was just normal. I thought to have to ice your joints after every exercise, you know, after every workout. And, um, I was losing my mind. I was getting so sleep deprived that I was, um, hallucinating and and like I said, getting getting lost on the way to work. I, I knew something had to change. We moved into this house. Um, I had already started making changes with my health. Things were going in the right direction. I had a really good community of people around me supporting me, and I think that's why I was making progress. But about three months into living in that house that had black mold in it, I quit sleeping. Like I, I couldn't even. Nothing would help. Um, at that point, I started asking people for for more medication that was not prescribed to me. And and then that didn't work. And that scared the shit out of me. So I uh, 
I reached out to a functional medicine doctor. Thank God. Um, had some really good health, health conscious people around me. Hey, go see functional medicine for those listeners that I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know, functional medicine is like root cause medicine. And so we were trying to figure out what's going on here. And, and, and at first they, they didn't, um, eventually we found the, we found mold. Um, I had Lyme disease as well. And I, I got Lyme disease from living in that environment. So, you can hear my accent, Southern Southern guy. I've been bit by ticks my whole life. I've been in the woods since I was a little kid, right? And um, that living in that environment is kind of an it's an opportunistic pathogen, so it is allowed to to come out and uh, and mold and Lyme are kind of the same things, same thing. So the symptoms really overlap. Just inflammation. I was kind of like uh, really burnt out, so like anxiety, and then uh, like tired and wired at nighttime, like I couldn't sleep, and um, was was just a mess and. Uh, they even moved us out of the house and, and said they renovated the house. And I got a little bit better while I was moved out, moved back in, got worse. Um, I thought I was going crazy, man. Um, and one day I'm, I'm, I'm moving a refrigerator around in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, kitchen and I see water shoot up out of the floor and I'm like, what the hell? And, um, yeah, I, I ripped all the floor up. There was like four or five layers of just black mold Clemson university. So it's one of the worst cases of, a black mold that they've seen. And, uh, so I got out of the house. Um, I started working with, uh, Dr. Dan Pompa. If you've ever heard of him, he's yeah. a, uh, integrator. Yeah. He's out there in Salt Lake. He lives in Park City. Um, yeah. Just, just right down the road. Yeah. 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 Really good guy. And, um, he, he, he really took me under his wing and uh, he could see, you know, my passion. And, you know, at that point I, I fell in love with health and wellness. I was ready to, uh, to leave the corporate world and, and start something new and bec- I became a health coach. And, um, yeah, he was like, you know, pain to purpose is his big thing. And I've certainly uh, adopted that phrase and believe in that. And he was always telling me like, Hey man, you're, you're meant to do something big. You're meant to help people. And so I'm going to teach you, um, I'm going to teach you how to, how to do this with other people. And so, um, we, I, I didn't mention this. I had diabetes as well. I was, I had a lot of insulin resistance, metabolic stuff going on. So he helped me, um, the doctor I was working with at the time was actually doing, heavy metal detox wrong. And, and Dr. Pomp and I actually talked about that on his podcast, basically called Mad Hatter's disease. When, when you take a, um, when you're detoxing like that, you want to have a binder in the gut, you know, clay, charcoal, that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's basically like a catcher's mitt. It catches the toxin, brings them, brings it out in your poop, your stool, so that you're not redistributing that, redistributing that back into your brain. And that's what happened to me because they gave me like weak binders, like chlorella or something like chlorella and like spirulina, which sure that can be a heavy metal binder, but it's extremely weak. It's not going to bind up, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, so he helped me with that as well. We, we detoxed heavy metals. We detoxed lime mold. Um, he helped me reverse the, the diabetes, uh, with, with the ketogenic diet and fasting, um, over about a, a year. I was one of those really tough cases um, that it was really hard for me to break through and make ketones. And, uh, before meeting him, I didn't really understand that. Um, I felt like I was doing everything right. And, uh, for me, it really took that, uh, you know, long, uh, what do you call it? Extended fasting. So like more than, than 24 hours. Um, but yeah, so I get through that, uh, you know, and that's, um, we're only on like chapter two now. So <laughs> I get through that. I, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm in love with health and wellness. I start coaching people. Um, it's going really well. I moved to Raleigh from a smaller town to 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 meet more like-minded people. And I get, I'm going to see a a client. I get hit by a dump truck, and so it uh, it totals my car. 
uh, post-concussion syndrome for a year. I, I went from exercising. I was in the best shape of my life. I went from, you know, work, working out 10 times a week to, uh, to not being on a walk more than 15 minutes at a time. I remember being afraid. I would set a timer and I would, cause I would sometimes forget like how long it's been. And if it was 20 minutes, I was terrified, you know, because that meant such debilitating fatigue for days after that. Now I already wasn't sleeping. And so, um, it just made things worse, but every year I got better. I got really into Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and manifestation. It was doing a lot of um, a lot of meditations for one, two hours a, a day to to get into the feeling of what I want and creating, and um, and it worked. You know, I feel like I healed myself. And then uh, chapter three. So then uh, I'm in the I'm I'm like doing my first workout or two, you know, um, and I get in a sauna. This guy's hacking up along, and um, it's before anybody knew what COVID was, and Next day, I was sick as a dog. It took two weeks to get over it. Um, at that time, I was in love with fasting, and I was able to get rid of any kind of illness in a 24-hour period with that. And uh, it was a, it was amazing to me that it wouldn't go away. And then, you know, fast forward six months after the illness, after COVID, I had long-haul COVID. So I had just major disruption in, in gut health and, and uh, the immune system, uh, um, hormones, you, know, you name it. Uh, I got placed on testosterone and thyroid because of, uh, you know, doctor gave me testosterone, which I didn't, I don't think I needed it at the time. Uh, gave me way too much, worse, worse uh, anxiety and sleep, which gave me the thyroid issue. And and getting on that medication was really hard because I didn't ever need that. Um, and I got better after a year and then I got COVID again, dude. And um, I got long haul again. And uh, this time I took, uh, what's the, do you remember the name of the horse uh, pill that they gave people? Oh, uh, well, yeah, was it hydro? No, uh, ivermectin. I think was one. Um, yeah, ivermectin. So, yeah. so like, I, it was taken forever to get over it. Like when I dealt with COVID, it wasn't a big deal. It was always the repercussions after the long haul stuff, and um, you know, it was like a cold. I mean, it, it, one to three days tops. But then two weeks later, I got crushed and it took, you know, a year each time to get over it. But this time I took ivermectin because I was wanting to be pro proactive and that destroyed my gut. I don't think I, I didn't, obviously I didn't need a, uh, what is it? Antipathogen type thing. Anti, uh, not microbial. What's the word I'm looking for? Like anti-pathogen or whatever worms. Um, I didn't, I didn't obviously need that. Uh, I lost 40 pounds. I went down to 140 pounds at that time. Um, more hormone stuff, more, um, sleep and, and all this, but I had a, a really good, uh, mentor at the time. She was a, a medical medium and, uh, she was helping me channel source, um, get in touch with, uh, my spirit guides with my, my spirit to help guide me out of that. And, um, you know, that is about the, so I got it a third time. It wasn't that bad the third time, but that is when, uh, here locally. So, so now we're, we're caught up. We're like a year and a half out from, from today. Um, about a year and a half ago, we started a men's group uh, here in Raleigh called men on a journey for, for men to open up, be vulnerable. And, uh, some of the guys in the group helped me identify some trauma, some childhood trauma, um, and all these other traumas that I'd had with illness and shock trauma and accidents and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, they got me to a, a trauma specialist and I uh, started doing EMDR. I've been working through the courses that I mentioned with, with Irene Lyon. And uh, yeah, I got off this year. I started exercising again. I got off of thyroid. I'm, I'm currently uh, weaned off of testosterone about 12, 14 weeks ago. Um, that's a little bit rough right now, to be honest. But, um, you know, things are going in the right direction. I um, 
I gained weight back, got my energy back before this coming off these hormones things. I was really sleeping well, you know, and I know that uh, this last piece with the hormone, it kind of feels like uh, being at the final boss of a video game. So, so I'm, I've been climbing the mountain for a while and I'm, I'm I've learned so much and uh, ultimately to kind of put a bow on this, everything came back to, to the unregulated, unresolved trauma um, that I experienced, you know, starting in childhood and then all these other um, inst- uh, situation areas that, that, kind of added more load to that. I just would never hire you as a coach. You haven't experienced enough at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. I'm, uh, I'm plugging my... The, uh, the ivermectin thing, that's so funny. We're probably going to get deplatformed for even saying that word. Remember, that was like so politically charged. Like you barely like talk oh, about yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So funny. Oh, yeah. That and like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, cl- uh, uh, yes. Uh, chloroquine, hydrochloroquine. Chloroquine, hi- yeah. hydrochloroquine. Yeah. 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 I was, I mean, hey, I was ready to uh, to take anything and like having this biohacker background that I really don't embrace as much anymore. Um, it, it, it was like, I wanted to control it. I wanted to um, beat it into submission. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that was just uh, kind of the, long, the wrong uh, the wrong direction for healing. Yeah, very, very interesting. Like I said, we're going to talk about some of that emotional stuff. I think that's so, so important. Before we do, a curious question. Like, I, I have no idea. How do you get rid of black mold? How do you get rid of it? Uh, you get out of the house uh, first, and you have to basically destroy everything. that uh, any. So you have, like, these spores that are going to get on the the couches and the, and the furniture. So you literally... Um, it's a major house cleaning, right? We were like, all right, uh, I guess this is spring cleaning on steroids. So you get rid of everything. Um, you know, you want to remediate the ha- the home. Uh, a lot of people will say like the, the, the incorrect stuff that, uh, you know, the, what's the, the landlord that I was uh, living under did was they, they, they put like ozone through the, the ducts and that just doesn't do it. Some people will say put Clorox on it or dry it out. Like you have to kill it. And you have to remove it and cut it out and likely and rebuild sometimes. And if you don't get even the smallest amounts, um, it, it, it'll come back. And there's a one product that uh, Dave Asprey actually makes. Um, it's called Home Biotic. And so if you have some black mold at the home, you, you can spray that on. And um, anybody that's, you know, especially here in the South with, like you mentioned, the the humidity, um, it's, it's everywhere. It's rampant. We have a lot of flooding sometimes as well. We have hurricanes come through. So, um you know, I, I would say hire someone or a remediation company to come out. You can buy these at-home mold tests. Uh, I actually found mine through. I was leaving the doctor's office. They were like, hey, we got to check for mold. And I was like, yeah, there's no mold in my house. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, I happened to just turn on a podcast. It was Dave Asprey. And he was like, we're giving away free at-home mold tests. And uh, along those lines, uh, he has a, a, a documentary called Moldy that I would encourage anyone who's, uh, you know, con- concerned about that to check out. And, um, yeah, I got the test and, you know, found out that I had mold and the rest is history, man. Wow. That's crazy. And then I also had a question yeah. about Lyme's disease out West. We don't get that very often because we don't have ticks. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. functional, um, you know, seeing a functional doctor and being very grateful that you did. Do you know what the allopathic, um, typical, like conventional way of treating something like that is? I've heard it's awful. Uh, al- Oh, yes. Uh, you're right. I had a lady just, just, uh, two weeks, a week or two ago, reach out. We did a podcast together and she was like, yo, I came down from Canada. My kid got bit by a tick. Like I got this bullseye rash. And so, man, I mean, 
if if you like that's what you get sometimes is when you and not always but uh when you get a uh lime you'll have a, a bullseye rash at the tick bite you don't have to i, I didn't um but you want to look for that and, and you want to take the tick in if you can you want to go see the doctor but allopathic treatment is a lot of times they deny it they don't even think it's real you know so that's what was blowing her mind and it, and it blew my mind because i haven't really been thinking about lime for over a decade you know what i mean but um i certainly have clients and conversations about it um i was shocked to know that there are doctors out there that like deny it kind of like uh what's a, something else that's ridiculous like flat earth deny or uh, round earth deniers or something like that it's just like it doesn't make any sense yet we're still doing it and so treatment is going to be doxycycline um right out the gates um and, you know and but then you have you have like acute lyme and you have chronic lyme and that's one that you know sits into your in your in your joint or excuse me gets into your brain causes all kinds of inflammation and um neurological symptoms so at that point it's a, it's a different game and and you don't have to do antibiotics uh like like that as well i did herbal antibiotics mm, gotcha um okay interesting um i appreciate you kind of going over that you mentioned something earlier and something that we love to talk about around here is the ketogenic diet and at this point i think we've got a really good idea of how ketosis in, in particular can really help with brain health. I mean, we've interviewed somebody just mm. recently who's actually reversed dementia at age 70 and is now leaving assisted care, an assisted care facility to go be a health coach because she feels amazing and she's literally like reversed her dementia. So we've got more um, kind of information with research on that kind of stuff. How did you find the ketogenic diet and what things did you notice when you started to implement those things? How did I find it? Um, I mean, did I, I, my, when I got in, uh, interested in health, I'm a podcast junkie, dude. So I was just listening to all the podcasts. You know, the first thought that comes to my head is I remember I was, I was even more a fan of like fasting with ketosis, I would say, because it made me feel so good at that time. And, um, I, <laughs> I remember the first time hearing about fasting and hearing someone say, you know, I, I didn't eat for five days. And I remember going like, all right, this is too crazy. I turned it off the <laughs> I turned off the radio and then fast forward like two or three years after that. It's, it's really, I feel like it saved my life. So, um, yeah, I, I was, I was excited about, I had a lot of concussions obviously. And I was, um, excited about, about that. What actually I do remember somebody gave me like a ketone at one point. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Somebody get the, the early like salty ketones that were out, um, you know, make you shit your pants. Um, I remember having that. Um, having a ketone and I might have been like fasting until lunch. And it's like all the anxiety that I was dealing with just like turned off. And I was like, what in the hell is this? Oh, and a similar story with bulletproof coffee too. So like <laughs> the first time I heard about bulletproof coffee, um, you know how the carry gold has like the sticks and it's two sticks in one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I brought, I'm like 23 years old or something like that at the time. I don't know if I ever even been into the grocery store other than to buy a beer. And I, uh, I go get, I go get carry gold butter as instructed, you know, and I get my MCT oil and bro, I, I take, he said, you know, if you eat a lot of calories, that's me, um, you know, go ahead and have a half a stick. So I, I see this block and I'm like, I'll cut it in half. And I threw a whole stick of butter in there with, uh, I mean, at least one or two tablespoons of MCT. We're probably talking like, a thousand calories or oh something like that. And it's like, dude, I, I didn't eat the rest of the day. And I was like, just, I was kind of waiting for my, to have a heart attack. You know what I mean? <laughs> like all that butter at the time, like we were afraid of fat. And, um, 
not me, but like our culture was afraid of fat. And, um, but I didn't eat until I got home. And I think I got into keto. I probably didn't get into ketosis because it took me a long time, but I imagine my insulin levels or my blood sugar, you know, came down enough to for my brain to go, Oh my God, to like get a, to come up for a breath of air. And I, I do remember calling my mom and being like, Holy shit, I drank this coffee today and I don't know what's going on, but like I am sick, something's wrong. And like I feel so much better because of this coffee. You need to go get you some bulletproof coffee. So <laughs> that was my bulletproof coffee and ketones were my intro into the, the ketogenic diet. Wow, you're lucky you didn't have to buy a new pair of pants, dude. <laughs> Bro, I, I definitely had the disaster pants a couple of times back in the day. Man. Uh, I, that's one thing I used to do is just, and I've learned to do better now, but uh, I was just pushing things so hard, trying everything, you know, more is always better. And, uh, you know, that got me into trouble sometimes, especially with the uh, the Bulletproof coffee in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. And you, you suffered from heavy injury. So, of course, you'd want to do the maximum that you possibly could to help heal from that. Um, yeah, I always mm-hmm. recommend if people are going to do that to just go a little easy, just kind of start slow because um, it can pass mm-hmm. through you very quickly. We'll just say that. For somebody who is yeah. unfamiliar with ketones and brain health, can you explain what the link is, why that's the case? Well, you know, there's... In my family, we have, uh, I have an APOE 3-4 um, gene, which is, you know, make me more susceptible to Alzheimer's. I've had head injuries that that exponentially increases it. My family has a, a history of Alzheimer's. You know, so for me, um, that's that was an interest as well. And, you know, whenever we're, we can burn ketones for fuel or we can burn uh, uh, sugar. And uh, to burn ketones, it's got to come from our the food that we eat, the fat that we eat, uh, you know, void of carbohydrate and in our body tissue, which I think is that's where the magic is. Um, but but, uh, it, you know, the the brain, uh, what is it? Uh, dementia is uh, brain diabetes, the type three diabetes. Right. So it's the inability for the, the brain to utilize glucose. But we have another fuel source. And so we can, uh, you know, we can lower carbohydrates or take supplements fast. Um, even exercise to uh, to get those benefits of autophagy, which is the you know self eating, the the body literally eating itself, and I would say eating itself and uh, getting all the for someone like myself, you know that was a huge benefit too. Is the autophagy? That's what Dr. Pompa taught me. Um, is where we're really clearing out the dead cells, old damaged cells, and, and making new ones. So so not only um, you know lowering inflammation, boosting energy and uh, potentially sleep and mood and you know it, it's kind of it felt like at the time just like this magic you know um to me and uh and that was a journey of of getting of trying to get into ketosis as well so we can we can chat about that or yeah. you got another question no it's fascinating yeah. the autophagy thing is super cool and the way I'll, I'll kind of you know make an analogy of that for people if, if they need it is like imagine you're building a building and every single day you're getting shipments of new bricks so if you bake mm-hmm. if you break a brick it's not that big of a deal you just chuck it in a pile in the back you're going to get new ones coming in each day but if those deliveries stop all of a sudden when you need a brick you're in a little bit of trouble but then you realize like mm-hmm. i've got a bunch of broken bricks let me see if i can reformat these packages a different way fix them up to make them into better bricks and i i, I kind of feel like that's okay analogy to to say that like we have the ability to repair we can um regenerate and and get rid of like old proteins and things like that and Mm. as long as we allow our bodies to do it and it doesn't do it very well when we're always constantly in the fed state and that's one of the things that fasting does so well it gets you out of the fed state so your body can work on that repair process would you say that's a fair analogy 
Yeah, totally, man. Definitely. I like it. Cool. Well, and a lot of times when people hear that I am an advocate of ketosis, they think I'm saying I'm an advocate of the keto diet. And sure, like that's one way to do things. And I, I just always want to reiterate, like I think most of us should be in some kind of a state of ketosis for most of the time. Not everybody, not all the time, but I think we really thrive and our health really fixes itself when we're in some kind of state of ketosis. Now, there's a million different ways you can do that. And, you know, melting sticks of butter in your coffee is maybe one of the ways to help get you started, but that's not the only way to do it. And so uh, talk about like metabolic flexibility and how, you know, you've, you've done what I do currently, which is carnivore diet, but you've also realized that, yes, you can bring in more carbohydrates and you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when it, when it comes to health and choosing a diet, I think it's extremely individualized. And before we make that decision, uh, to to any approach nutritionally, um, I think we need some context, right? So um, it's it's really down to an individual level. Um, so for me, you know, you know, going back to the the conversation about context, you know, having diabetes and metabolic issues, like uh, being overweight, or, or I'd say even being sedentary, or maybe having brain issues or chronic disease, like the ketogenic diet is is absolutely. Uh, fantastic for for healing for regeneration for energy for lowering that inflammation and um yeah in the beginning i was doing all the the, the coffees and the ketones and i still I, that's kind of how i prefer to do it these days i'm doing more of the the metflex stuff um i, I would say my ketosis is it, it's it's never scheduled anymore it's always sporadic if i'm gonna fast and i don't do more than Every now and then I'll do a 24, you know, even 16, 18 hours is going longer for me. I'm more of a 12 to 14 guy. Um, at one point, I gave myself a thyroid issue because I was lowering uh, carbohydrates uh, so for so long. And I was even doing refeeds at nighttime, you know, so I was doing, you know, 100, 150 grams of carbs at nighttime and it still wasn't enough for me. But whenever I started having, um, you know, how, you know, Brad Kearns is, is gone and done like this, uh, him and Jay Feldman. Um, doing the uh, uh, what is it like more like uh, repeat stuff where you're you're eating more carbohydrates like that really worked well for me too but I'm also kind of like D D Dan Pompa I'm a big fan of of uh, what does he call that um, it, it is it is flexible flexible dieting so like moving in and out of different eating strategies throughout the week and and the day or the month depending on you know my personal needs and and what feels good for me so how do we how do we get into ketosis? Like we said, I mean, you can just you can go and jump in it. And I am looking at ice baths. I'm thinking about that. Like ice bath, you, you, that really gets rid of glucose and can can lower ketone bodies, especially if you're in a fasted state and it's in the morning and you're not eating a lot of carbohydrates. You can you can do that by uh, not eating carbohydrates, like doing a carnivore diet, doing a, a a very low carbohydrate diet, like maybe under 50 grams of carb. You can do that through through fasting, um, and even through exercise. You know, there's there's uh what's the guy um I'm blanking on his name right now but he did a big podcast not too long ago about um he stopped fasting uh and, and exercising more right so getting into getting autophagy benefits that way and so what I think what I'm trying to say here is like there's so many options right and and that's what's so cool about it like um we can interject uh these ketones and get the benefits um, and move in and out of of these eating strategies to kind of get the best of both worlds. I mean, at one point, I, I'm not really tracking blood and stuff like I was at one point, but when I was doing CrossFit before, uh, you know, all these accidents and stuff, man, I could I could do CrossFit during the day and 
you know, do 200 grams of carbs at nighttime and I'd be in ketosis in the morning when I woke up. And I was also you know, intermittent fasting and, and doing longer fasts regularly. Um, and it's something that I've been away from for a while. I've been eating a lot more carbs um, once I once I figured out this thyroid thing to kind of uh, keep that coming in. Uh, but but I, I love fasting. I always go back to the 24 hours or, or work things in. You know, I'm thinking about at the first of this year, maybe doing some sort of, of detox, maybe a three, five day um, uh, uh, fast, like water fast kind of thing, because I think it's just so good to to hit the the reboot button. And that, and that's what health to me is about is like having a tool belt where you can pull out the right tool for the job. And, and ketosis is certainly a part of that for me and the, and the clients that I work with. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a really good tool, but it is just one of the tools that you can use. There's lots that you can use and there's lots of different ways to get there. I think it's a major one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want people to take from that a little bit of hope that like, no, it's not that we're saying carbohydrates are bad. It's we're saying they're, they're way too available all the time to everybody 365 days out of the year. And if people do mm-hmm. what you do and basically be strict with it for a little while, get back into a good, healthy metabolic state, you have more allowance to have those. And you can start to add things back in and see what works for you and see what mm-hmm. doesn't. There will be a tolerance there. So it's not like you can never have another carbohydrate again for the rest of your life. You you mm-hmm. can, and you can be really strategic about it and put it around your sporting events or workouts or whatever, and like have mm-hmm. really good results. It can help you sleep. Like there's lots of different yeah. options for people, but I do think it takes that, that first step of being strict for a little while to give you the right to be able to do that yeah i mean i think i think the standard i mean i think everybody is so different but like to lump everybody into what i see a lot is a standard american who's extremely sedentary he's eating a bunch of you know terrible food let's get you off of that let's get you eating real food okay let's start looking at carbohydrates let's start understanding more macronutrients let's get your protein up let's uh now okay let's start to slowly lower your carbohydrates let's get you into um, a level of ketosis. Let's teach you how to exercise. Let's get you doing a little bit of fasting. And, you know, you do this for, you know, eight to 12 weeks. Um, and you want to make sure that you are making ketones. That's like I said, that was one thing that was for me, but yeah, after you're done with that, I'm all about open the diet up as much as you can. And, and it's, and it's cool because now you're not in a hole anymore and you have options and and you can try new things. Whereas before where I was, I didn't have any other option. It was like, hey, bro, you're eating no carbs for a period of time. You're not eating these foods because you're reacting to them. And and doing that hard work um, and ultimately getting to a place where where you heal, where you improve, and you get to, you know, choose and 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 have all these different varieties of foods, even the nostalgic foods from the past, you can say, hey, this doesn't work, this does. It's really a, a journey of like learning so much about yourself and, and I don't think it ever stops. Yeah, I love that. I couldn't agree more with nutrition. So he seems like so vexing. There's always more and more loopholes and, and rabbit holes to dive down and you unlearn and relearn mm-hmm. and all kinds of different stuff. Yep. Um, you mentioned yep. the exercise and I mean, just yesterday, somebody on my neighborhood Facebook page said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mom, I'm super motivated, I'm ready to start my workout <laughs> program. And, and you kind of got that sense that like, yeah, this person is really motivated, but motivation only gets you so far and she's probably tried this a hundred times and it may or may mm. not have worked. How do you know how to give somebody the right amount of exercise when they're first getting started? Asking really good questions um, and get and understanding the motivation and what they're doing and how they're doing and the intensity and all this, you know, in the beginning um, of my coaching career, I was uh, one of my good buddies owns a uh, CrossFit gym in Burlington. Shout out to Scott Barbie CrossFit 584. It's actually called something else different now, but anyways, I started, working with some of his clients there. And, um, 
you know, the, the typical person that I saw, they usually had lost some weight, had some success. They're excited about this awesome community. Um, but they were hitting it like five, six, seven days a week. And, and I don't, I don't, I get it because it's like CrossFit is addictive, right? And it's addictive because of the community and support and everybody doing something hard together. But what you don't understand is, you know, the what most uh, typical Americans don't understand is these athletes that are, you know, doing two and three wads a day, you know, they're at 50% capacity. They're, they're not, they're not competing every single day, but that's what the, the general population ends up doing is competing, driving cortisol up, um, really messing up hormones, mood, um, making fat loss, you know, impossible. And so what do they do? I mean, they, they, they eat less and they exercise more, you know, to get the result that they're looking to try to control that part of them that feels like it's out of control. Right. And so um, a lot of times I would come in and I would say, you know, we got a problem. It was always like, Hey, I can't lose weight. And then like, what's going on? And I, I've stalled for six months and I'm gaining, you know, and, and I would say, you could see the white in their eyes. Uh, they had, you know, a little bit of belly fat, like hormonal belly fat. And uh, so what I would do is I put a heart rate strap on them uh, and, and test their HRV for, you know, five to seven days in a row. And what I would typically say, I'd say, I don't want you to work out during this period of time. That's kind of a qualification for can you be led and can you listen to me? And um, some of them couldn't. And I get that, too. Um, you got to be ready for this type of journey. But after seven days, you know, they went from looking like they were dying, uh, like literally. Uh, and so I'm looking at raw data. I got trained by um, the lady that owns Sweet Beat. Uh, HRV. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the power of their nervous system. I'm looking at both branches and it looked like they were dying. I mean, a healthy athlete's going to be, you know, both branches that they're going to be somewhere in like two to five, two to 10,000 uh, on, on the HF and the LF. I don't know if that makes sense for the listeners, but it's, it's basically measuring, um, you know, the, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And theirs would be single digits, um, double digits, sometimes three and, um, and their power of their nervous system would be in the floor as well. And they would go from double single digits to in the thousands again in, in seven days. And they, I could, they look color came back in their face. It looked really good. And I'm like, all right, here's what's going on is you have driven cortisol up so high with these exercises because you're, you know, you're just maxed out. You're in like zone, whatever, zone three, four, five. You're just, you're just hammering it. You're not giving yourself adequate time to recover and, uh, and on top of that, we're exercising more, eating less. And so that's, that's, that was like my diagnosis. And that's what I used to see where people are training, but, you know, I would say typically when I'm working, I, I do work with a high performer every now and then my client is typically going to be someone who's just getting started. So, uh, it's a little bit easier. I haven't had to do that much, uh, talking people off the ledge anymore, uh, as much. Um, I certainly had actually had a client, uh, last year that I did with that, do that with, but, um, now it's more like, hey, let's start walking first. Let's get some body weight movement in. Let's start throwing in some kettlebells when you're doing good with that. Let's let's get two or three days of strength training in. Get you hiking long distance, you know, once or twice a week, and and just really take. I, I'm really less is more these time these uh, these days. I want a big ROI for as little effort as you can put in. People are busy. Um, you know, not everybody loves being in the gym like myself, and I'm sure you do as well. Um, and that's cool, man. Like you can walk 10,000 steps you can work out two or three times a week. Um, everything is adaptable and adjustable. It's really just 
understanding what you want and then reverse engineering a plan to get you there. Yeah, no, I love that. And, um, I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I don't know if you noticed what I just did, but I basically just recorded you doing my consult tomorrow. You did all my work for me. I'm just going to play her that clip of you talking and I, I took care of it. So I appreciate that. Hey, hey man, you, you can send me a Venmo when we're done. <laughs> you got it. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Well played. <laughs> no, and the, the HRV is such a cool tool because it will tell you which side of your sympathetic, your parasympathetic or sympathetic side of your nervous system is fired up. And then that gives you clues as to what to do. Is this the best timing for a hot tub or is this the best time for a cold plunge? Do I need to go grounding? Yep. Do I need to work on mobility today? Or can I crush a hard workout? You learn a lot of that stuff when you can dig into that data. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And, and like, even, uh, I remember, you know, we're like, when I'm talking about this CrossFit gym, we're like 23, 25 years old at that time. What was your workout? Like you just wanted to hammer the shit out of yourself, right? Like you wanted the hardest workout and you just assume the position afterwards where you're laid on the floor, just panting and fighting for your life. And, uh, you know, I started understanding, oh, I should say this is a good story. At that time, I um, started understanding recovery because what would happen to me is I would come in there and if I did two, three days in a row, I could not sleep at all. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, and um, I just happened to stumble across HRV and I saw that that when I wasn't sleeping, it was basically I'd wake up at like three or four in the morning. And what I would do is cortisol feels good, right? So I would be excited. I'd get up. Oh, I'm fired up. I'm going to go hit a gym. I'm going to go hit a workout and get a sauna in before, you know, before breakfast. And then I really wouldn't sleep, you know? And so I wore, started wearing the heart rate strap and I saw like, oh, I'm smashed when I feel like that. And just like you said, like more, more data and more information you have, the better, the better uh, uh, decisions you can make. And so yeah, that same thing would happen with the guys at the gym. Like everybody would be dickheads by by Thursday because they've been running Metcons or wads all week and coaching and doing their training. And uh, sure, they're eating and recovering, but there's only so much you can do when you're doing it every single day. So we started throwing in, you know, ice and heat and breath work and so, and uh, yoga and stuff like that. And and um, even fast forward ten years later, man, like that's where it's at. You, you're you're making. Uh, you're building muscle in the kitchen, eating and sleeping and, you know, breaking down is, is like almost less, uh, less of an important piece to me these days. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that comes with age yeah. and I think it comes with wisdom that you learn that like, yeah, you can do a hard workout, but you need a good recovery period after that to get the best mm -hmm. results. It's not just all about killing yourself. I think I'm still sore from the, the one and only CrossFit workout I did like 15 years ago where the guy would just mm -hmm. tell me like, go, go faster, go faster, go faster. Like you didn't coach any kind of form whatsoever. It, yeah. It was not a good experience for me. My, my, my first CrossFit class, I walk in and that's why I didn't do the wides that much. I walk in, there's like 225 or 315 on the bar. I can't remember. And it was like, do 10 deadlifts, run around the building and then come back and hit these fast sit-ups. And I remember after like two or three sets, I'm, you know, I'm gassed and I'm going slow trying to keep my, he's like, you're going to go faster. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dude, I'm watching these people bounce the weights and their low backs are just completely, uh, what would that be? Not in flex, just, just rounded. And, and, uh, my back was just, I was like, dude, no, no way. <laughs> Uh, you reminded me of a CrossFit uh, box by my house. I was riding my bike by one day and they pulled out the Aerodyne and they had one guy doing the Aerodyne and he was wearing an oxygen mask. And I just kind of looked yeah. at him on this Aerodyne where this mask is. I'm like, bike yeah, driving. You're like, at so altitude, strange. right? You're, you're like, already at altitude. Why do you need an altitude mask? 4,700 feet, man. Yeah, it was so bizarre. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, it's it's cool. It's been cool this last year. I got to travel to a lot of different low carbohydrate conferences and got to meet a lot of people. And it's nice. very interesting to see how everybody kind of moves in a direction. Like you start to notice 
notice that I'm not the only one wearing barefoot shoes. I'm not the only one talking about mm-hmm. cold plunges and saunas. Like it, it gets really kind of almost like homogenized the more you're kind of in this world and people are aware of EMFs. And one of those things that I noticed that a lot of people become more aware of in this space is childhood trauma. And so I'd love to hear your experience with, with that. Did you know you had childhood trauma? Was it a surprise to you? Um, and, and how were you able to deal with it? Yeah, man. Um, was it a surprise to me? Absolutely. I think uh, one of the common threads that uh, I hear from practitioners and therapists and uh, people in the in the mental health field is when when you bring up trauma and somebody says, "How dare you? I had a I had an amazing childhood, you know, and I did have an amazing childhood. My parents loved me. They took care of me. They provided for me. Um, but there was just certain things that uh, societal norms that 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 affected me differently. And I would say that. Trauma is not the the event; it's the dysregulation that happens in your nervous system um, after the event. So, what that would look like when I say dysregulation, you know, we uh, we we have a stressor come in, we go into fight or flight, so we come up. Uh, you know, the the stressor goes away naturally. We should come down and relax. That's the parasympathetic. Um, but whenever we have trauma, we may stay up here all the time or, or be down here. And even for me, like, uh, being an adrenaline junkie and chasing, like, uh, gosh, I mean, a, a couple, we were talking about skiing before we got on my, I used to say my favorite day would be, uh, you know, nitro cold brew with like some headphones in going a hundred miles an hour on some sativa down, uh, you know, black, double black diamond, you know, and, uh, that's because I, that's what I was used to. I was used to being up here in stress. And uh, even when I started healing, I started to sabotage myself, you know, and um, I, my bio, what I mean by that is like in my biohacking days, if I was feeling really good, I would take something else and I'd, it just, it just blasts me through the roof, you know, and then I'm crashed down here. Um, and, and, uh, and I'm feeling like shit if I'm low because I'm, I'm used to high and if I'm feeling normal, I'm going to sabotage myself either to, to bring in a stressor or, or crush me. That's because that was my conditioning. That's what I was used to. You know, that's the familial, uh, uh, trauma that's handed down generation to generation. And, and we are in it, um, until we, you know, until we're not until, until we have someone that, uh, educates us. That's why I think education is huge when it comes to the nervous system. You know, a lot of therapists have so much good information. You just don't see it out there. And that's where Irene Lyon, um, shout out to her again. You know, she is big on putting that information out. And so for me, I've been looking for 17 years. I've been taking complex information and studying science and, and applying that myself and teaching other people how to do that. And so when you give me science around physiology and the nervous system, I'm like, holy shit. And what happens is, is you start to understand this stuff and like no other course I've ever done in my life. Um, and I'm sure you've done a million like me too. This thing lit me up. Like uh, I couldn't deny it. Um, I did three days in a row of the first course that I did and I couldn't sleep. I had so much anxiety. I was, you know, shaking and that's because all my shit got triggered. Right. And it's, I mean, it's not even conscious, right? It's, it's unconscious because your, your, uh, your unconscious mind, it wants to protect you from all this shit, all this scary stuff. You block that out. Yeah. It is in your body and it is controlling you. And, um, you're, you're, you're literally, you're, what's the word? You're attracting more of the trauma stuff that you haven't healed. And until you know that and wake up and it's like, it's like matrix, man. It's like red pill, blue pill. I mean, it, it was shocking to me. 
and it still is. I'm still working through stuff, but you know, man, my I'm one who's been in pain for so long. I will do. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, whatever it takes to heal, and I'm gonna love me and uh, and listen to my body and and really be in my body. And uh, yeah, bro, that that's how we that's how we heal. But it's a it's a process. It's a lifestyle, just like health. And and that's why I love it is uh, it's the missing piece that I didn't have. Like I knew mindset, you know, mental and emotional stuff, like manifestation and Joe Dispenza and quantum physics and all that stuff was great. But I was missing. I was spiritually bypassing the the nervous system, the trauma that was screaming at me for help. And that's a really good point there. There is we become afraid of our physiology, that anxiety, that depression, that pain, whatever that is that we all have. Right. Like that's not something to be afraid of. That's your best friend coming to save you. And when you can listen to that and and see what is it that it wanted to express that it didn't get to express before it got shut down and 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 shut down into your body, you know, fight, flight, freeze, freeze goes into the body, and um, yeah, it's it's listening to that anxiety, befriending it, and um, figuring out why it's there because it's there to heal you. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it's so hard to remember that. And that's why I think your work is so unique and so needed out there is because you're addressing all of these things. It is nutrition. It's also exercise. It's also the trauma. It's the the emotional, it's the breath work. There's so many different components to it. And I just see them all running together. You know what I mean? Like if you can improve Mm -hmm. one, it's going to help you do the other things better. I think, you know, changing the diet helps people with their emotional practices and meditation practice. Mm -hmm. I think all of that improves together. And I I think that's a, a really cool component of, of what you do. Can you tell the listeners like basically what your program is like, how people can work with you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity to share that. You know, it's changed so much, man, this, this nervous system stuff uh, that I've been learning about this year. And, you know, I'm not a practitioner of that yet. I'm certainly going to be getting certified and, and doing more of that in the future, but um, it just changed the way that I look at health. Um, Before I was shooting people, you know, I was, I felt like I was, Looking back now, I was doing the best that I could at the time, so I'm not not taking that away, but it was the shoulds, right? You should do this and you shouldn't do that. This is good. This is bad. Like, who am I to, to take somebody's power away and their ability to, to choose, right? And so now, instead of, like, people would come to me, tell me what to do, tell me what to do. There is going to be some hand-holding and some guiding and some, you know, uh, you know, being kind of like the the gutter rails at the at the bowling alley, right? Like, keeping them from going too far or too little, in the beginning, but ultimately I want to teach people how to get in touch with their body. And, and what do you want, man? You know what I mean? What makes you excited? Do, you know, does uh, eating no carbs sound great to you or you want to, or, cause there's so many, there's a million ways to get up the mountain. Um, we have to be smart about it. There's a lot of things that are similar for, for humans and we have different patterns, but ultimately learning to listen to your body and understanding what you need. That's a, that's, that's a big part of what I do. And then from there, it's just, it's hard to describe because there is no sequential step. It's just meeting people where they're at. You know, it's going, Hey, what, what's going on? Why are we talking? Why are we on the phone call today? What obstacles are in front of you? And then, you know, let's create a plan to get you there and, and let's go with the low hanging fruit. Like what sounds exciting to you right now? Does, does working on your nutrition sound good? Does uh, like I had a guy last week, he's like, man, I just, I feel bad whenever I eat and I don't know uh, where to start. So we started with, let's see what you're eating, man. And, and I, you know, after a week, I'm like, Hey, good news. I know what's wrong. You know, you're eating like shit. And, and like, if we can start making better decisions, uh, you're going to feel a whole lot better within, I've worked with him for two weeks. This is over Thanksgiving. 
Um, he's lost four pounds and he's eating four times the amount of food that he was. So we just awesome. got him off of processed stuff, got him eating meat and vegetables and throwing a little bit of starch in there, here and there. And lo and behold, he's like, man, I'm not bloated. I don't feel, I don't feel bad anymore. I got energy and I lost four pounds and I, I enjoyed Thanksgiving. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing, man. Is like, it's, 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 it's so stupid. It's simple. Right. And, and the thing is, is it, but if we're ignoring the mental and emotional side of things, the unprocessed stress or trauma that we're carrying, you know, that's just never going to make sense. We're not going to be able to make a good decision. We're not going to be able to listen to our voice. We're going to be, you know, disconnected and, and, uh, um, out of our body and, and, and listening to, or depending on external resources to, to validate our experience or to tell us what works and what doesn't, you know, and, and the hard work is, is learning to, to listen and uh, taking one step at a time and, and meeting people where they're at and slowly building out this definition of what health looks like for you and helping them build a lifestyle that allows them to reach their goals and, and have a system that they can depend on for the rest of their life to have optimal health. That's fantastic, dude. Very cool. I'd love, love um, again, the work that you're doing with people and how you're able to bring all this stuff together. Um, I know you're very busy. Uh, thank you so very much for taking time to be on our show today. Where would you like people to go to find you and connect with you in your work? Yeah, bro. Thank you so much for the call or the chat. It's been awesome. I feel like uh, kind of brother from another mother here vibes. We're homies, but, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me MitchWeb.com. Um, if, if anybody's interested in coaching, I'll do free consultations for anybody that's listening. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at kmitchweb, and you can find me on LinkedIn under Mitch Webb as well. Excellent. We will link all of those in the show notes. Mitch Webb, again, thank you so very much for all of your work. Uh, please stop hitting your head on stuff. Like, <laughs> stop hitting your head <laughs> no on doubt, stuff. <laughs> stop doing the no double doubt. black I, diamonds I, on, on Nitro Brew Coffee, dude. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Bring it down. Uh, again, it's so cool all the work you're doing and, and the way you're sharing this with people. And so I really appreciate your unique approach and appreciate you stopping by our show today. We really appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thank you for the opportunity to share. And uh, thank you for letting me be on the show. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio. I know I say this all the time, but I really do mean it. It has been such a joy to make and produce this podcast and to watch it grow. Our business started in the pandemic in July of 2020, and we started the podcast in October of 2020. So it has been three years now, and to see that we have generated over 400,000 downloads worldwide is just simply unbelievable to me. This year in particular has been such a blast to travel to different health conferences and not only meet some of our amazing guests, but also to meet many of you, our listeners and supporters. We really just can't thank you enough. As always, feel free to book a complimentary 30-minute session on our website, which is myboundlessbody.com. On our homepage, there is a book now button where you can find a time to speak with us about health, fitness, nutrition, whatever you like. We've loved chatting with people all over the world and many of you out there to bounce ideas off each other or to try to come up with plans to achieve specific goals, or even if it's just to reach out to introduce yourselves, we would just love to meet you and connect with you there. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch these full interviews. And also, 
the shorter interviews on more specific topics that are taken from these full interviews. We've gotten really good feedback over there. It's also a really fun way to interact with people who comment, we read, and reply to every single YouTube comment we get. So head on over there if you want to start a conversation and watch these um, videos. As always, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple. It really is the best way to make sure this podcast gets out there to more listeners. We've been able to keep Boundless Body Radio ad-free for three years and really want to continue to do so. And so your five-star ratings and reviews are the best way to support us at Boundless Body and support the podcast. Cheers. Thank you again so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio.